was the star of the show. Don't go there. Season one was about the Walsh family. I agree with you. Okay, but wait, let me finish. Hey there, Beverly Hills 90210 fans. It's now time to dive deep into an episode-by-episode, character-by-character, song-by-song account of the making of your favorite zip code with your host, Charles Rosen. I sit in the chair. It's one of Sandy's antiques. The whole thing breaks. Larry Mullen. These shouldn't be even in the show. I hope they're going to kill him, and they did. Pete Ferrero. Up my like TV crush is Claire Arnold. So I mean, she has to come on the show at this and point. And representing the fans, Lily Amaral. And I love you. I have dreamt about you. What? I'm... Along with many special guests and your questions. So sit back and relax because it's like totally time for the Beverly Hills 90210 show. <laughs> Okay, well, here we are. Um, we are recording this, but we're also live on YouTube right now because uh, we wanted to give everybody a little uh, a little fun for the weekend in case somebody is wanted to join us. But we are here, and look who's here, Joe Bradley himself, Cameron Bancroft. How are you, man? How's everything been going with you? I'm very well, thank you, and uh, thank you for having me. This is really exciting. It's been a fun journey back yeah. in time and being back in the 90210 world and uh, – Reliving Joe Bradley, certainly during uh, the strange times that we're living in. No doubt, man. Um, I'm just, I'm sure all of us have been familiarized with Joe Bradley a lot over the last few days, right? It's been, uh, it's great, man. The work is so, so awesome. Um, before we get into that, I want to uh, shout out a couple of things. One, on Wednesday, uh, we have Emily Valentine, right? We're doing that episode. And then next Friday, we have we're gonna be live again with Tracy. Jill Novak is gonna be joining us uh, from season seven. So we've got a whole bunch of things happening here in the next couple of weeks. And then we are changing, we're shifting gears, right, Larry? We are no longer trying the campaign is no longer to get Kathleen Robertson no, on the show. No. We would love her. We absolutely would we, love her, but we understand though. She she's she going who it. knows what's happening. With, yeah, I know. with Claire. Um, so we're shifting it up. This is what we want you guys to do. We want everybody to hit up Tiffany Thiessen on social media and tell her, tag us, our show at Beverly Hills 90210 show, and tell her she needs to come on here and do the show. We are switching the campaign. Oh, we're just mid- She needs mid- to receive the love. She needs to receive the love that she okay. deserves. So she let's sure Let's start talking about uh, about Cameron and and Joe Bradley. How did you? Did, I, mean, I know you auditioned. How did you walk into this nine hundred two one zero world? Um, was it? How did was it approached to you? Um, well, just to go back a little bit, I had auditioned uh, for a previous, maybe like season three or season four, um, with Diane Young for a different part. It would have just been a guest star. So I had, uh, and I believe I'd been in Aaron's office for something else. Um, like I'd gone pretty far with spelling, with a spelling show. And I'd been in the office to read for them before, as I remember. Um, Jason Priestley and I were friends from Vancouver, um, from acting. And um, it was a pretty small pool in Vancouver uh, back in the early 80s. Um, And he was really my first friend that went down to Los Angeles. We went down the same year to Los Angeles. I went to CalArts, which is... uh, uh, obviously a theater school up in Valencia and he went straight onto his show and he was my first friend that really, you know, made it, that blew up. Um, 
Michael J. Fox is another guy from CBC, but we weren't friends. Um, he's a little bit older than me. So I was certainly aware of the show. As I, as it was told to me by somebody, um, I did a TV movie um, back in the day when they used to be on networks. And it was for NBC, and it was based upon um, a true story. It was called The Eddie Keating Story, and it was about a Marine who gets shot in the back of the head during a training exercise and kind of becomes the Steve Austin proto prototype for this uh, new electrodes that they were putting into uh, soldiers' legs to allow paralyzed uh, people to walk again. Candy Spelling had watched that and said, this young man on the show was really good. you got to get him on your show. Um, I had gone to do another show called Extreme with Julie Bowen and uh, James Brolin for ABC. So it's a, it's a long answer. I apologize for that, but it was a, a long process. I had been, um, so cut to two years later, a phone call came in saying that there's a role that they would like to fly you down. I believe I maybe read on tape first and then um, was flown down to do a screen test. I had done other screen tests before, but um, never any exactly like this. I believe I went to uh, the spelling offices, and that's probably where I met Jessica and Larry for the first time in Aaron's office, in Mr. Spelling's office, which was a whole separate uh, universe event on its own. Like, I'm 53. Um, he had all the television shows that I grew up watching, you know, right. Charlie's Angels to The Love Boat to Fantasy Island to uh, Heart to Heart. I mean, he, he was really legendary in my small Canadian town eyes, too. That, to me, was a win. Like, I felt like, geez, just to be able to, you know, take a bat in Yankee Stadium or drop the pocket, you know, Spectrum or Boston Garden. So, yeah. Um, that audition went well, and I think in those days, like, you could have just gone home after that. If the, if the meeting at Spelling's office didn't go well, you they wouldn't let you know. You'd just get on the plane and you'd go home. If it went well, they'd call and say, yes, go forward. I think in this particular case, I knew that I was going to uh, do a screen test, which I assumed was go to the studio and you're basically in a small room and you do the same audition, but for a, a larger group of people. This, I actually was taken to the set in Van Nuys. The set was built, we were out on a patio and I did the um, audition scene that's in Breast Side Up, I believe. I've got some notes here from the episodes. Um, that was the big scene where uh, Donna has decided that she's going to lose her virginity to Joe. And Joe says, I've got something that I need to tell you. And that is, I don't believe in premarital sex. So that actually happened on the set uh, with Corey. Uh, I believe we did it at lunch. So I met uh, Luke for the first time then and David and uh, I should say Brian. Yep. Yeah, the crew shot the scene, and then I go back to Los or go back to Vancouver, and then found out later. Uh, do, do you guys remember that there was one other uh, gentleman auditioning with me, and that is uh, Shane Conrad, Robert Conrad's son. Yes, I, I, I thought so. I was also thinking maybe Kane Kane Pacoy also. I thought maybe. Well, I only met uh, Shane Conrad, but again, that's Robert Conrad's son. Like, wow, yeah, big star. So uh, not intimidating at all. 
<laughs> you know, what's interesting, you look, you, I remember thinking, oh, my God, thank God he's going to play this. He's lighting up the screen here. I mean, he's going to be able to sell this stuff, which is, you know, I have to say from the writer's point of view, and you have to give Jeff kudos, but that, that in that breast that breast side uh, uh, up episode, there's just some that great moment that we invented a character who's also a virgin to yes. get through that season. Oh my God! And it worked, and you and you just you it, it, it was just great, and it was it had integrity and really spoke to people, and um, yeah, that was really good. So, but we saw that you know when we saw the tape, I remember we said, oh my God, okay, that's good, we got him, and plus we love the Vancouver connection. You physically sold it. You know, we have some lots of shots with you with your shirt off, which is great. You have a nice broad chest, and I just like that. And yeah, uh, we think we have Meredith Steam there. You know, uh, you know, we should also give give a shout out to that downstairs. No, well, so that, that, was, that was very important. Having my wife would always say to me, "Remember, you had the guy's shirts off." You know? On that note, uh, Dana Canberg here says, "Oh my God, Cameron Bancroft looks so dang good." So oh, <laughs> still to this day, really kind, really kind. I'm curious, Larry and Jessica. Um, at this point, though, Donna's romance or her love interest is uh, Ray Pruitt. We've talked about that a little bit here, that at the beginning of this season, you guys had intended to bring Jamie on for a longer period of time, but uh, that was a no-go with Aaron. Uh, so is that what sort of created the character of Joe Bradley, that you wanted to go the total opposite route of a, a really nice guy and a guy that wasn't abusive? Or was it just like, we need to do just, where did the character come from? I guess is my question. I think desperation in a lot of ways, because once we, you know, we had already, you know, that season, you know, we, you know, we had already invested a fair bit of time to raise character and, you know, he was going to be the good guy. He was going to be a baby face, not a heel in wrestling terms. Right. I love um, that. And, uh, but then we found out, I can't remember why, but we probably had like four or five episodes of, above because Cramps, the episode that uh, Joe comes in, Cramps is what, you think episode five or six maybe? Or How many did you do that year, Cameron? Um, I think I did 20-something. Um, okay, so it probably was like four or five. Oh, it was a Halloween show. So, yeah, oh, probably like yeah, six with the or seven. Wasn't it the Gypsies? Yeah, Gypsy. He came in Gypsies, Cramps, and Thieves. Yeah. And so I, I just think, you know, at that point now we have to de-escalate. They still had Ray, you know, in contract and they wanted to work a bit. So we had to turn him heel, so to speak. And, and Boy, Joe, you know, I, I think we were desperate sitting there. And, but I can't remember what genius idea who came up with it. But the idea to have, uh, you know, basically Tim Tebow of his time. Let's face it. That's right. what Tim Tebow yeah. was. That was the appeal. The guy who believed in faith and was strong and, and had really great values and, and also could say, damn. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Or> nothing else. <laughs> well, here, I, I just think that's well. Sorry. Get yeah. I was gonna say, here's how he. Here's how uh, Joe Perez chili dogs, two steak sandwiches. This guy's incredible. This guy's a vacuum cleaner. How can he do this? Tuesday and Thursday before every game. Hey. What's up, Steve? How are you, Donna Martin? This is my buddy from Comparative Lit, Joe Bradley. Hey, quarterback is taking C to the Rose Bowl, right? <laughs> the quarterback, anyway. Burger done. Bring on the BLT. Whoa! Don't waste time. Mowing. Go, boy. And that's that's where we that's when we first meet uh, meet Joe Bradley. Do, do you remember shooting that at all, Cameron? Uh, like now you're in this in this world. You know you're in nine hundred two and zero. Yes. Uh, I mean it, it was such an incredible time. Um, my first day on set was uh, Luke's wedding, Dylan's wedding, because I think we shot that. It's a double uh, up. It came later. It was shown later, but we shot it earlier, I believe. <laughs> Out of order. Um, 
that particular day, that first day on set, like that probably wasn't my first day on set. We probably had shot out of order. So I don't remember that particular scene, but there were many times during that experience that it was a bit of a pinch yourself. Um, and it was also like the other actors were so good that you, you really needed to be on your A game. Um, and I, I really love that right away. I've, I've done some due diligence on the show and went back and listened to some of the podcasts and I've heard um, a recurring theme and that is a lot of the, the, the supporting roles or the, the, um, uh, the people who weren't the regulars have stated how professional and how seriously um, everybody took their work. And I would say that that is incredibly accurate. Yeah. Um, well, I'm curious, you walk into this world, you're, you're friends with Jason, so that's a leg up, I guess, in a way. Um, but what is it like walking into that universe uh, as somebody who doesn't really know anybody other than Jason? Is the cast welcoming or what, what's that like for you? So welcoming. While I was waiting to do my screen test with Tori that day, and I believe we probably did it over lunch break so that the crew could be available to, to help with it, um, I was given one of the dressing rooms. And um, as I was going in there, Luke sort of pulled me aside and said, hey, you know, I know this is like, it's pretty stressful, but you're going to kill it. And, you know, just try to have fun with it. And, you know, like, it gives me shivers thinking about it, you know, that he would just take the time to do that. Yes, I knew Jason, and you all know Jason too, what an incredibly kind, generous human being he is. But I didn't want to put any burden on Jason that he needed to feel like he needed to go in there and go to bat for me. If, if anything, thank you for the opportunity, Jason, but I don't want, you know, it's got to be on my own merits kind of thing. So I don't think he was actually there the day of the screen test. Mm. Um, the rest of the cast, Tori was, you know, it, it's funny. It's, it, you, you have to build trust extremely quickly, certainly before your first kiss. And we did a lot of kissing. We did a lot of talking. And um, we developed a genuine fondness for each other. And because, um, uh, you know, most of my stuff was with her. Uh, and then beyond that, um, you know, the we hung out together. Like, I'm not sure if that was normal for that cast, but in that sixth year, we spent a lot of time together mm. and uh, would go to events together, but we'd also go to each other's houses for dinner and we'd hang. Mm. Yeah. Really fun. Uh, MT says, Joe was a relief after Ray. Uh, camera, you look exactly the same, looking great. Huh. I guess my question is a little bit different color. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My question, though, about for you, did you know about, like, Jamie was leaving and all of that, or what was your take on that? I loved listening to Jessica and Larry explain that situation, and, boy, that I, I was heartbroken for Jamie at the time. Once again, like, a great dude. Uh, Priest and I and Jamie went to Boston, to the Boston Garden to play in this um, celebrity oh, hockey game. Like we, we hung out, we liked each other. Yes, we can definitely separate our characters from, from real life, but you know, it, it's tough. I've been in that situation where you're the villain and you know, your, your time on the show is ending. It's not awesome. It's not the same feeling as like your show's just starting and you've got lots of track to, to run. 
So um, I think everybody was empathetic, but Jamie was nothing but a stellar guy, stellar guy, super, super talented. His work I think it's, yeah, just go. I, I was just going to say that what you had to um, get through the hardest audition that there is, which is Aaron auditioning for Aaron Spelling to play the boyfriend of his daughter. I mean, it was, that was a really, always a really hard uh, role to cast, no matter what season it was, Donna's boyfriend was really going to be tough. And um, the, what is also unbelievably hard to cast is a boy who reads handsome and smart. And you had to read as handsome and smart, which you did. And you also had to uh, be a guy who we could sell that you were a good guy, but we didn't want to tip our hand that we were playing you as the last virgin in America. So because so we, we had to believe that you could be a heartthrob on campus and that you would, you know, Donna was going to give herself up to you. And there, so it was a surprise and you sold all of it. And, and I don't remember 30 years ago having done this, but watching them all, um, it was just great to watch you. And it was gratifying to see how well you sold it. And we did choose, I know we made a choice to make this character a completely different flavor uh, from Ray. And, mm. and that's just a natural thing that writers would do. But the virginity element at, was very important to me at the time because I'd gotten involved with the campaign to prevent teen pregnancy. And I was speaking all over the country at that time to um, young women about the importance of owning their sexuality. And Kelly, it was, it was good that Kelly carried around a uh, condom and all this stuff. Sexually active women was something that I was big on, not promoting, but addressing. Feminism. And, but that was because we, I felt so proud that we had the character of Donna representing the flip side who was one of the very, very few religious characters on television. So to bring you in as a Christian was also really important to me. And um, I thought that was lovely, particularly in like when you give thanks at Thanksgiving, it was just beautiful. And um, it was nice to see it all these years later, um, holding up emotionally for me that way. I like that. Well, thank you very much, Jessica. Those are a lot of kind words. And I, I do want the fans also to know that we didn't change a word. Like it was so beautifully written. And Jessica and Larry, you guys were so, and Steve too, just did really wonderful work that. Thank you. Uh, there's not very many shows that still do table reads, but I remember doing the table reads and everybody sitting around the table really passionate and excited to be there and and really enjoying the words and the stories that you had crafted and I thought it was really special I actually tried to take a, a lot of that feeling to other shows that I worked on as well um, and that's just not something that you can manufacture easily it does start on the page and you guys did a wonderful job I'm curious Cameron um, this has come up a few times I've seen um, where how close are you to the character of Joe Bradley or were you? Well, that's an interesting question, Peter. I think all the characters that I play, I'm close to. You know, um, um, obviously, you you do the what if and you substitute. There, there is part of the episode, and I wrote down the notes. I think it's one of the ones that we're talking about. But um, 
you find every little detail that you can relate to, that you can empathize with. Uh, I myself am, uh, I was 27 when I played the, the role, so I was not a virgin. I was uh, not a, didn't come from a, a terribly religious background. Um, I am a sports nut and really related to the athleticism and also a dedication and the dreams that have to be alive if you're pursuing a professional career in sports, uh, similar to acting. So there were a lot of things that, um, that I could draw from my own life. Um, an interesting point is uh, when I was 16 years old, I fell off a cliff and I've got scars on my body, on my knees and on my hips. And uh, I think it was really just in conversation that, uh, that it was brought up or need to cover these um, because you know, I have scars on my arms. And then um, I'm not sure if it was Jessica or Larry or who, but they said, well, we should actually write that in. <laughs> so we'll, never cover, we'll never have to cover you with body makeup. You know, it would be faster to set, but it's a good part for the story. So, you know, those kinds of things. I think when you have a dynamic writing team that does listen to their actors and helps you be more authentic in your performance by using what is in you is, is extremely helpful, extremely helpful. Uh, Larry and Jessica, you know, Joe, Joe, the character Joe comes in. I almost just called you Joe. Sorry. Okay. Uh, the, <laughs> the character comes in and the, we talked about the Halloween thing and there's the big fight with uh, Ray and Joe, which is going to be sort of the catalyst for Joe's character. We're going to have court and all this stuff. What was it like sort of writing that moment for them to have a fight? I mean, I, I love the way Joe comes in because he stops what was happening to Donna for, for all this time. You know, one thing I want to notice, and Jess, it's really interesting, because he auditioned with breast side up. And yet we hadn't shot Gypsies, which had to be four episodes before that. That's how far ahead of scripts we were when we got the news that Ray had to go, because there was no Joe. You know, we weren't, Ray was, gonna, Ray was in the, uh, you know, Jamie Walters was in the opening titles. He was going to be right. her boyfriend that year mm -hmm. until the news came down. Then we had to invent something and make Ray, and we had to slowly turn him heel. And uh, I just think it all just kind of came together. We just kind of went with it. I mean, we knew that he could be, and, and Jamie, to his credit, could play a villain. And maybe we should have embraced that more. Looking at these things now, he's really good at the end. The, the, maybe the problem ultimately for poor Jamie and his legacy was we tried to kind of, we were kind of half and half with him rather than just make him a bad villain like John Sears, you know. Mm. But we tried to have him still have that humanity and love him. But yeah, anyway, but I, we, we have that thing where, you know, Jay, he, we had already pushed Donna down the stairs, uh, you know, the, the season before. Right. So, you know, we just kind of went with it and just kind of hold them tight. And then Joe was there. And, you know, that was just a great, great way to sell it. And, and Breast and, you know, just all it well, came together. Well, that was actually Gypsy. That was in Gypsies. Yeah, the whole fight starts. And then I think we get about five or six episodes, basically, of really good stuff into the courting, which is really terrific episode. I also wanted to mention before I go on, the writing staff then was Jessica and Steve, myself, help me here, Jess, John Eisendraft, who wrote uh, a number of these episodes, Meryl yeah. Steam, and John Welpley. And, yeah. And, and yeah, and the director, yeah, and well, we'll get to the episode. But I just wanted, we should mention them. Mm -hmm. everyone, everyone contributed. Um, but in wrestling too, and I don't mean to turn this into a wrestling podcast, but you know, the, one of the big things is when the, when, the, the heel is beating down on the bat, the other, the good guy, the other good guy comes in and makes the big save. So Joe does definitely come back around the corner and makes the big save on, um, uh, for Donna. 
So yeah, that's the way of making him such a good guy. And then what you wrote for him, he is genuinely a good a good guy. I I don't know if you know this, but um, uh, Tori has said if she did not wind if her character Donna Martin did not wind up with uh, David, that she would have preferred her character to wind up with Joe Bradley. Oh, <laughs> yeah, very kind. Yeah. Um, I, I, and then one other thing is is that the what I really appreciated from the writing is is the the warning flag or the, the the difficulty with portraying a character like that is you can sometimes come off as just being a jerk, being an egocentric jerk and and inauthentic. You know mm. what I mean? So um, there it was it was delicate uh, and and well written in that way i mean sometimes like you, you can play a character that is maybe a bit more um i don't know soapy or something like that and i've done it before where i don't think i was able to pull it off i just looked like a jerk you know and i was i was not trying to you know what the, i noticed in the um which you know because you didn't have a sexual relationship but what you have was an imaginative relationship because there was this whole you know the whole thing of breast side up which we should really get into because the Donna giving him the gift, which he has, we created, you know, Jessica wrote a terrific script there, which was the first one with just her name. Um, and, uh, you know, to give Joe, who's always has a, a problem, he has a birthday and Thanksgiving, which is everyone knows is a terrible thing. It's kind of a cool concept. And then the whole stuff we have where she goes out of her way. And then Joe has to then top it. You know, he's got the whole bird stuff. So their relationship is very imaginative and romantic in a way, which, you know, because we didn't have any carnal pleasures in there. Uh, Zara says, I think Joe and Donna were a powerful couple. They should have made Donna move in with Joe. He was smart and respectful. Uh, Donna needed a man who respected Donna's virginity. Good good comment there from our friend uh, Zara. So talk to me about this whole thing with uh, Steve Young. How does this come to the come to the mix, uh, Jessica or Larry? Do you know how Steve Young is brought into the into play here? Larry, do you have memory? Because I have a little I do, bit. I, do. I have a little bit that Aaron was friends with Lee Steinberg. And, and said, Who was? Who was? Aaron? Aaron, yeah, Aaron was friends with Lee Steinberg. Because Lee was, you know, he's had an up and down career, obviously. But he was really riding high then. I just think he somehow mentioned it to us. And remember, it just came out of something else. And we said, oh, maybe we can, you know, turn it into something. And what's your memory? I, I think that Steve somehow also maybe had met Lee Steinberg. Ah. And... Um, it was, um, I don't remember how, but they, Lee Steinberg was looking for something for Steve Young post football and Steve mm. Young wanted to be an actor. Mm. And that the, so it was the fact that Lee had to be in it also was tricky. <laughs> I don't remember why that was, but we had to, we had to write mm. him too. And and that's why we had the scene where the real Lee Steinberg was playing with with Donna as well, and it was cute. It worked. Um, I I um. Now listen, we have a campaign to get Tiffany on the show. Now, should I do that to her agent? Go to the the set. Tell the agent. Yeah, you can be wow. in it. Too, right? Go to the set. Block her from leaving, and then tell her we need to have t uh, Tiffany on the show. Should I? Should I try that? You know, if you were in love, you know, Tori was in love. She wanted <laughs> to do She couldn't give her virginity at that point. Or gay. Okay. It was really cute. It really. It was yeah. very sweet, and it was also really fun to watch them playing football. 
How I um, was that fun for you guys in the backyard, in the front yard? Talk to me about the whole thing, Cameron. Meeting yeah. Steve Young in the football game, well, and I don't know if you remember Jessica and Larry. This was a very, very big day that Steve Young was there on. It was the verdict. OJ Simpson OJ. trial. And Aaron, we had always driven ourselves that Mr. Spelling had sent town cars for all of the cast because he was concerned that there could be violence um, based upon the verdict of the OJ Simpson case. However, because Steve Young was on the show and kind of introducing Joe Bradley, really, as, uh, as I was told, we had the set of Entertainment Tonight and Pat O'Brien was the anchor then. And Pat O'Brien, of course, was like always around the Lakers. Like he he was the, the connection to um, people used to think he was part of the team, you know, in the Lakers. He was, he was around all that much. So to have him and Steve Young, it was a big deal. And um, yeah, we were throwing the ball around. I thought Steve was super, super gracious. And I'm going to tell you something that he did, which uh, is something they didn't have to do. Um, but this sort of speaks to the kind of person that he was. Um, we had been shooting and then the verdict came down and we're out on the front lawn of the Walsh house right around the time that we were throwing around that ball. But production stopped and we all waited to hear what the verdict was. And the ET cameras were going around filming us as well as we're all watching. And Steve kind of tapped me on the shoulder and sort of told me to like turn around for a sec. And he said, I don't know if you even need this advice, but when the verdict comes out, try not to react either way because you're on camera. <laughs> and I just thought at the time, I just kind of, oh, thank you. Thanks for that. But, you know, it was good advice to, you know, be aware of, of, um, of what is happening and, um, you know, uh, I thought it was great advice, and I've I've used it many times. There's a lot of time you have to be very aware of that. What a you know, day! I was trying to get David. I was trying to get David Semmel to join the director of that episode. He said, "I have a tale to tell about shooting that scene, and it was the OJ verdict, and yeah. he couldn't get on. He had unfortunately he had a meeting, but he told mm -hmm. me, yeah, how how surreal that day was for him as well." Mm -hmm. What, what, um, what general I, reaction there then that day? I mean, you know, did that did that affect the the show after that announcement's made? No, there, you, no, no there's no writing. No, I'm sure there wasn't writing, but um, yeah, it was a tense time. I, I remember it being a very, very tense time. There was there was uh, definitely two sides. People felt sure. strongly about either, um, and you know, again, um, you know, very. It was a very, very difficult time. Steve was extremely generous, and uh, I think it came through probably through the production and through Diane Young invited me up to 49ers game and met the DeBartolo girls, whose father was the owner of the team, went down on the field and you know did that a few times. Really? I always thought that the connection with Steve Young in particular was the fact that Joe was so religious and Steve Young is a Latter-day Saint, uh, went to BYU and has uh, a large amount of faith. So I, I assume that was the handoff um, and the reason why the character yeah. you know, so strong faith-based. After the fact, that sounds pretty good. I do remember, <laughs> I do remember 
Because Steve Wasserman went to the set that day also because he, he brought me back a, a signed a, a football because Steve and signed I, a and lot of football. And he brought uh, me back a shirt that was signed yeah. to uh, for, to Steve and me. Yeah. So still have Steve, it somewhere. Sarah's I, I, I still have, have entertainment tonight. Uh, a story on VHS tape. Hey, if you have a way wow. to share that with us, that would be pretty cool. I don't know if you do. Wow. Or not. Sorry, that would be really awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, and then just at the end of that episode that we're talking, I guess we're talking about Breast Side Up, there's just so much kissing with Joe, Joe and uh, Donna. Yeah. Uh, you obviously get to know Tori pretty good. So what was it like working with her and doing all that stuff with her? Well, Jessica touched on it a little bit. Um, at that time, um, it, it, this, this sort of abstinence was a conversation that a lot of people were having. Um, I remember there sort of being like promised rings or you'd wear a ring that you wouldn't have premarital sex. So it, it was a thing. And um, I remember uh, Tori and I having a conversation. I think I, you know, it was uh, a really interesting conversation where I probably, first of all, have always said, can we talk about some of the scenes and the kissing scenes and, I want to know what your comfort level is and, you know, please know that you won't hurt my feelings if you know, I do anything or to, you know, just please let me know. And, um, and she said, well, because our characters are not having sex, I think they should kind of be doing everything else. And I really want our, our um, romantic scenes to be, you know, uh, as, as, as loving as we can possibly make them. And that made just being honest with each other, we were able to, I actually watching it back, I thought, you know what, I'm really, really proud of that, that it came across as real and affectionate. And, you know, we were affectionate towards one another and it wasn't about the kisses, the, the emotions, you could see the emotions, yeah. it the macking, you know? Yeah. Definitely. I mean, there is Definitely could. I, I just wanted to say, you know, you, um, it's very kind of you to say nice things about the words, but none of those words uh, would be um, would have mattered if a bad actor had said them. Oh, I can say this you. over and over. It's, a, it's the actor's job to make us believe it. Mm -hmm. And um, director's job is to, is to put the words on into a picture. It's the actor's job to make us believe it and made us believe it. And it's it's a hard thing when you're dealing with a character who has is going from one boy to another and um you the audience was falling in love with you at this so it was it was really nice to see well and I'll, thank you very much jessica and i only take uh, part of that compliment because obviously my partner tori uh, i think really did an amazing job she walked that great fine line too of you know, you could see that she still did care for, uh, for Ray um, and in that courtroom stuff that she had to do. Uh, I, I used to get really mad and upset and angry with anybody who dissed Tori at all. I used Me to too. This girl has proven herself. She is unbelievable. It's not fair that you see that as nepotism. That is just BS. And she's a great actor who is so prepared and professional. And yeah, I, I've, I've definitely, let's just say I have, um, there was a period of time where I stopped going to like out to bars um, because I'd get really upset 
uh, and realized, yeah, it's not a good place for me to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, time and time again, when we do this show, um, a Tory scene will be talked about and we're all blown away by how incredible she is. I mean, we knew it then, I guess. But when we rewatch these, I mean, time and time again, she's just she's just constantly delivering. Like you said, even in courting, which we're going to kind of talk about now, um, think about her on the stand and having to like detail what's going on in her life and all this stuff with the character. Um, I was curious about this with Tori, and I don't know if I should even ask this, but you know, she's talked about it in her books where she had a relationship that was abusive. Um, I don't think it was physical, but she's talked about this, relationship that she had that was not good are you guys writing that or any of that or are you subconsciously or not really hmm, probably <laughs> so um i don't know it, it certainly wasn't uh it i don't know if it was conscious or not i mean i know that steve and i would sit at aaron and candy talk to about the tr the troubled relationship that tori was in and turned to us for advice. And um, yeah, it was, that was tricky. But again, we had, we could not treat the, the, we couldn't treat Tori like the boss's daughter on the show. Or we couldn't, we couldn't um, do anything for her differently from the others. She was really, really uh, interested in proving that she was doing this on her own. And if we had made any indication to her that we were talking to her parents, I, it would have exploded. She had no idea. Mm. And, um, you know, I can say this today. Uh, I always thought that what one of her great gifts was that she was game. She just would do anything. And if we gave her funny, she'd deliver funny. If yeah. we gave her drama, she would deliver drama. And it was almost, you know, it was... I often say this to uh, my my writing students. I can teach you craft, but I can't teach you talent. And with actors, it's like perfect pitch. Often, you act good actors don't know why they can do this, why they can suddenly be, why they have the ability to be in the moment and not see a camera looking at them. They just are not self conscious. She wasn't self conscious. She just did it, and that it came through. And she worked at it too. That was the other thing. She was willing to put in the work. The other thing I remember about her, her I, I was going to say she would be the first one to pick up the new script with excitement. Everyone else by the sixth or seventh season was going, oh, another one, double up, you know. And they're, they're good professionals, but, you know, it wasn't the same raw enthusiasm. No, she earned everything she got. I mean, looking at this stuff now, you know, the courting episode, uh, there was a lot going on there. And uh, I, I just want to basically say in general, declare that season six, which is sometimes maligned for, you know, people, is phenomenal. There's some really good stuff happening in season six, brought about by guest stars like Cameron, like Emma. I mean, we've been seeing some episodes that are just, you know, fired up and good storylines. So I, I, you know, pat to our, our writing staff and producing staff as well. Recording is a special episode. I, I misjudged it. I was going to ask you about courting. Um, do court episodes, uh, do they do well? Like, oh, my God, no. we have the court of the century. It was a sweeps episode. Right? Well, the trial we had the pageant, don't forget. We did have that. Yeah. But no, court, court episodes, don't like boxing episodes, don't do well. Court episodes don't do well. But it was you a sweeps episode. You know what else episode. doesn't do well? Business episodes don't do well. Yeah. Those do terrible. 
Um, but um, this court episode had uh, had because of the people who were involved, and it worked. It's yeah. the triangle again. We had the, we were yeah, working the triangle, and it was beautiful. And the other thing I love was that it involved everybody. Everyone was there. Everyone had a piece of it. You know, you had that great scene uh, with Brand. You know, that Brandon had scenes in it with Ray, and uh, it was all kinds of stuff going on there. And you know, we had the parents there, and you know, we, we talked about Carolyn McWilliams, who's, who passed on, but she plays Luella. Uh, uh, what's her Luann? Yeah. Um, yeah. She's you know really just trailer trash. It's just you know she's so you know, good she, at it. Yeah. She was married to Michael Keaton. And she was not trailer trash. She was oh, a, really? a classy lady from Brentwood. Really? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's how good an actress she was. And mm. I think she was, did some work in Vancouver later on. Uh, I know. Huh. Hey Cameron, yeah. what was yeah. it like working with Emma Caulfield? Uh, she's another uh, Susan. She plays Susan Keats this season. We had her on. She was lovely on, on the. Yeah, you had some scenes with her. Yeah, I watched it. Um, I love Emma, and I think she's super, super talented. Um, you know, it's funny. Like I said, going back in, in prep uh, just to be with you today, uh, I've been learned so much that I didn't know, and it's so cool to hear these stories. Like, I would have thought Emma had been working since she was three. Like, I just thought she was so good. Like, so, so good. And um, I really liked her. Not like herself. <laughs> Like Jason Wiles and Emma and I, all three of us were the new peeps on the show. And, uh, but we all really liked each other. Like it was just a really fun work environment from my, my uh, perspective. Um, anytime that we were all together on set in the same stuff, I thought it was like, oh, this, like, I, I would have done it for free. Like it was not work. It was just fun. And this particular, um, uh, yeah, with our, our paths didn't cross a ton in terms right. of the work, but you know, there's a lot of things where we were all there on set together. So, like the memory of it is, yeah, she was around all the time. We just weren't necessarily in the scene together all the time. I'm curious, as an actor, as you're, uh, you know, you get cast on this series, is it e is it easier to start developing the character and finding who Joe Bradley is, as, because you have know that you're going to be going four or five episodes, so you can sort of like find him more and more as the scripts come to you? Or is that more of a challenge? Well, this is, yes. I mean, one of the reasons why we always get excited for the scripts is because we're digging for more details, right? Like we can create our own backstory, but it's up to the writers to really give us little uh, slivers of information. And in courting, for instance, I found my mother was there. She was there supporting me. Find out that my dad has passed and relatively recently and that, you know, there was a strong relationship with his father who's passed away. So A, that gives me like my super objective is to make the pro football team and, you know, like that losing your father uh, to somebody who probably, you know, had as big a dream for you to become successful was that, that gave me a lot to play off of as well. Um, the how it works was they they meaning the producers said great yeah we're gonna guarantee you a certain amount of shows and we'll see how that goes well I remember sleeping on my friend's couch I think for the first you know I didn't have an apartment down there I was back up in Vancouver and staying on his couch it might have been like episode four or five and I think I was promised to do maybe a half a dozen. Jessica called and answered the phone. Cameron, it's Jessica. I've got Steve. I've got Larry here. And we just wanted to say we think you're doing a wonderful job. And we'd like to, you know, pick you up for the rest of the season. And it was like, 
one of the greatest moments to this day of my life. I was so happy <laughs> and excited to That's do awesome, it. So, I mean, you you know, you, you don't know how things are going, but it's a, it's a good thing. I, I don't know that they still do that. I'm sure they do, but as an actor, like being an athlete, you need to prove yourself. You need to be accountable. You need to be professional. You need to deliver, and you need to be somebody that uh, the rest of the cast and crew want to be around. So you you should earn, uh, or or at least um, yeah, earn, earn your earn your right to be there. Sure. Well, one of the other co-stars that you had, and Larry put this together for me. <laughs> Oh, Damn bird. Uh, we got the bird to pop in. Right? Damn bird. Sweet <laughs> <laughs> Pie was the bird's name, by the way. Sweetie Pie, right? Or, I think so. Yeah, but we call him Damn Bird. We call him Damn Bird. I swear, so that was the that was the Phil Sabbath idea. Phil also has passed on, so I always want to remember Phil because he was and he actually was a part of uh, that season too, I think. Or maybe, yeah, it was Phil for some reason. I think I think he was. Uh, yeah, it, I think he wrote the was, Christmas episode, which started the bird thing off. That's what it was. He wasn't on staff yet because he wasn't on staff of seven. Right. But yes, uh, the bird thing. And yeah, well, that was, you know, we, we had, we ran that through. It wasn't the recording thing, but we can get to that in the uh, turn back the clock. But yeah, that was, you, you stayed with a, with an old joke and you were adorable. What is it adorable. like working with the bird? <laughs> well, um, you know the, the rule, right? You don't work with kids and animals. So <laughs> you're kind of like, oh, what do I have to have a bird? And, um, and I, I do remember Larry kind of like either in the hallway or saying, and he, he kind of like, you're still doing it to this day. You're kind of like snickering as, as we were talking about episode, that I was going to be working with this bird. And I, again, I, like, I don't think it was, it wasn't the most exciting thing. To be honest, no, was I, think, yeah. I, I was worried how it was going to play. To be honest, because you know it was like uh, there was a lot of other action. It was it was a lighter part of that episode. There was some lightness there too, as I remember watching the episode. There was some pretty heavy other stuff going on there. So, um, you know, well, you're talking about up the tree. You're talking about the up the tree episode, or because the bird went on. The bird had had a three turning, episode turning, deal, I think. Yeah, I yeah. Called, I had yeah. to call the bird one day and say, "Bird, we were bringing you back." Bring you back. <laughs> it was the best day of the bird's life. Oh. Can we bring you in for a forced call, sweetie pie? <laughs> exactly. Um, Double. Yeah. But as I remember, you know, the, the up the tree thing was really. I was very happy with that up the tree thing. That's kind of like the, the shit that happens on New Year's Eve. You know, things go totally wrong. So I thought that you know the bird helped. Well, I uh, have to say <laughs> that one of the hallmarks of nine hundred two one zero, as I look back was that was that it did blend pathos and humor and the party in the third act that was it and, and it was like that the it's what set the show apart and made it not a traditional melodrama and that and we needed light moments like the bird you know chuck told me when i came in we have to make it all right to be immature and, Larry, you know with steve sanders we were able to do that usually who is the bird's voice? Do you know who the, the voiceover is for the bird? Or is the bird really talking? I'm sure the bird's not talking. So let's yeah, not yeah. ask that. That's not mm, happening. That's a good question. I, I don't know. Let's say Steve Wasserman. Okay. You're not the voiceover of the bird, are you? Me? Yeah. 
I don't know. It's possible, I guess. You're not getting residuals. No, no they neither is Shira. So my daughter's yeah. not getting Steve's residuals. Probably Ken Miller, off. maybe. Ken Thank Miller, you. maybe. Uh, Jess wants to know, I'm curious to know, when Donna peeks into her birthday box and the snakes pop out, did the girls know they were going to pop up? The reaction of the surprise seems very real and not scripted. I don't know what that's about. That's probably the Christmas episode that we... I suspect it is. We haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I don't remember what I've seen. And I would say my answer to that was they're just that good of actors. They would have known it's in the script. So they're just, they're good at making it look like they're surprised. Very cool. Um, Melanie um, has been sitting there quietly. She's got a bunch of fan oh, wow. questions, and we're going to get back to uh, some of the other things in these episodes. But go ahead. Why don't you drop in some of the fan questions for Cameron? Great. Um, first, Lisa Enriquez would like to know, do you still have the ball that Steve Young signed for you for the show? I do. Cool. Very wow. nice. I do. I could run and grab it if you give me 15 seconds, but I do still have it. Yes. Okay, cool. We'll take your word for that. Yeah. Um, and what was it like working? I mean, we talked a little bit about Steve Young. Were you a fan of his in real life um, before you guys met on the show? Yes, I'm a, I'm a sports nut. So, I mean, I, I love all sports. And uh, Steve Young was one of the premier quarterbacks. I actually just watched his, uh, his um, ESPN uh, 30 for 30 show where he did his first year in the USFL. But I was also a 49ers fan too, San Francisco 49ers fan. So um, I was really excited. A little bit more than the bird. I was really excited. <laughs> I'd imagine. Well, let, all right, bring in Steve Young now, Peter. No, <laughs> we tried to get Steve Young. It's we not. Did. Steve, we did try. We did try. Yeah. yeah. I thought he did a really good job with acting too and made it sound very, very natural. That's usually, um, um, uh, sorry, the agent uh, is Lee. 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 You know, that's how most people who are not actors will yeah. perform. Like they've been learning their lines, rehearsing their lines, but it's not necessarily in them, like in them. Agree. And uh, And Steve was like just ripping his lines. I thought he was awesome. Yeah, he was. Jessica, you were. I wanted to ask this question that MT has, but uh, can you ask about Joe's collapse? How was that stunted and filmed? Anybody know what we're talking about here? I think that yeah. I think that Cameron probably remembers yeah. it better than any of us. Sure. Yeah, we, we, running we up and down those stairs. Yeah, exactly. like, my yeah. God. Yeah, I remember that too. Um, um, we shot that, I believe, in like Lancaster Palmdale was the airstrip where we shot that, and. Uh, we went up in those biplanes and they got footage of us. And then I think it was like, um, can you show me what you would do? And I had fainted before and I knew that I could probably pull it off. And um, it was just pavement. And then, you know, if we had to do coverage, I think it was in a fairly wide shot. And I think it was probably just a one or like maybe we did it twice, but um, you know, I was 27 then, and uh, like I liked doing that stuff. Again, that's athletic stuff. Um, I would like to try to do the stunts when they, when producers and directors would allow me to. And uh, it was a, it was a pretty straightforward um, sell, I think. What did you think of the flying? Yeah, flying. Yeah, I was curious to you guys, uh, Jessica and Larry, where did the heart angle uh, or the heart storyline come from? I think it it came from my daughter. So um, when my daughter, from your dad? No, 
No, no, that was that's a no. My daughter was born with a heart defect, and I think, um, and at the time she was born, there was no way to correct it. And then by the time she was four, uh, they had started to figure it out. And when she was seven or eight, they knew how to do it, and they did. They'd corrected it, and we saw um, around that time we saw a television show about a basketball player who had this right. same heart defect who died. Yeah. Had gathers, yeah. Yeah. I and it, was, it was yeah. called- No, w he was cocaine. No. He was with oh. cocaine. It was Hank Gathers, uh, oh. an LMU player. And so I'm, I, my guess is that that's what we stole for them. Yeah. But, but um, it's interesting. I think we knew the end of the season already. We knew we were going to get Donna and David back together. So we had to find a, uh, you know, unfortunately, I guess we had this this pattern with athletes. We keep keep getting them injured or hurt. You know, like we got rid of Deshaun the same way. It's not not particularly great of us, but uh, it it was poignant and it felt like uh, you know again we were able to involve Donner's father in the thing. You know, yeah, yeah. To vertically integrate the story. Yeah. So I mean, again, we steal from life. The uh, what Larry's remembering about my dad is that he had had bypass surgery. That was yeah. uh, or okay. or a stent or something. That was different. This okay. was her father, by the way, is in the Milton Burlap. So we do that. He one. Is. Yes, okay. I can't wait. You can do a whole episode on my dad because it was so funny. The best day of his life. <laughs> what, did you, what did you think of the heart storyline when you when you got that, Cameron? Well, I mean, you're you're anytime you're on a series, you're flipping forward to make sure you're not dead or <laughs> you know, like it's not a great day. Like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> Problems. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I never start again. You better start uh, reading. Work. Um, yeah, Jessica's you know, getting ready to make a whole different kind of phone call, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, phone call. Back, um, uh, as an actor, it, it, it's it's great to have that. Like the stakes just go up, life or death, and I think that. Um, you know, seeing getting uh, getting the diagnoses from Donna's dad, and then going to see the team doctor who says you're fine. It's just a little anomaly. Like you, you know, you're the star quarterback. Go out there and give her. Um, and believing that that that's the news that you want to hear. And let's face it, like you know, kids are going back to university. The NFL is talking about playing during these these times. So. Um, it, it was real. The stakes were high. It gave me lots to lots to play with. So I, I, I think it, it was a, it was a. I enjoyed playing the storyline. We also knew that there were. It was very believable to us that there could be two doctors with completely different perspectives. Because with our daughter, we had the the cardiologist who was treating her, who was very good, told us this wasn't something that we needed to worry about, that it wasn't going to be life threatening. And then when we when they ultimately figured out how to do the surgery and we took her to South Carolina to the guy who invented how to do the surgery and they you know they present you with all the risks. And we said, Well, what if we just don't want to do it? And the guy looked at us and he said, I'm sorry, ma'am, she could die. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. And it was like, she could die. And it was like, oh, well, thank you. Um, we're going to be doing this. Yes. So, um, yeah. So 
Interesting. Very, very interesting to hear where all these things come from sometimes. Melanie, do you have any other fan questions you want to throw at uh, Cameron? I do. Um, both Zara and Amelie were wondering if you had a favorite episode, uh, which one and why? Oh, um, well, I, I, I went back to watch them all. I'm not sure that I saw every single episode as it aired uh, live for the first time. Um, I have the DVD set and um, I've watched them all through, but it's been so many years. I got up to uh, flying actually. Um, I don't know if there's really a favorite episode. Like I, I'm not lying when I say I just really enjoyed every day we had on set. I don't remember. I've been on, on TV shows where you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how cold it was on that day or you know, how brutal that was. I don't have those memories of 90210. I just remember it being really fun. We worked hard, but it was super enjoyable. Um, so favorite episode? Um, well, probably not the last episode. I remember that being kind of an emotional one, but yeah, probably the Steve Young, I think meeting Steve Young and having that intro to the show and, um, how exciting that was to be like, Oh my gosh, my character's really part of this. That was probably my favorite. So that'd be breast side up, which we were talking about earlier today. Yeah. Um, on the topic of the last episode you're in, I mean, there's some really powerful stuff. We didn't cover this uh, in the ones we watched, but I'm going to show you a scene. That, okay, I haven't seen it, like I said. It's over. I guess this is where we say goodbye. No. It's just the beginning. For both of us. you one last time. You don't have to ask. Jeez, I'm getting goosebumps watching it. Come on. Well, I have to tell my son, no, you definitely have to ask. You, you Was that difficult? Leaving the show, shooting those things, breaking up. Emma talked about she felt like she was really breaking up with Brandon, you know? Um, yes, I would agree. Um, I mean, it's not difficult if you don't like the people that you're working with. Um, there's, I mean, you still have to do a good job of acting. Um, but in that particular circumstance, it was tough. I, I think that we didn't talk very much that day. I don't think we actually saw much of each other that day. Like we weren't totally laughing and joking. Like we, we wanted to make sure that scene was poignant and, and deliver uh, what was on the page. And um, I think we shot the scene and we didn't really say much to each other after that. Um, we just said goodnight, And, um, you know, we saw each other after that scene, of course, and we may have shot that, earlier in the episode and I still had other stuff to do with her. I don't, I, I know that I saw Tori after that, but yeah. Um, the way that it should be, you know, when you're performing a scene like that. So for Jessica and Larry, how difficult is it to make a decision? Like we love this guy, we love this character, but we need to move. You said Larry to David and Donna again. Um, how challenging is some of those, those decisions? Well, I mean, just it's in the storytelling. You know, we had kind of like a manifest destiny. We knew where we were going. I mean, we knew that at that point, Tori was, you know, going to lose her virginity in the at the end of graduation. We kind of at least we we're going to at least attempt that one more time. 
uh, you know, by the time she graduated. But here I she is in, in Bristide. What was that? I you fought against it. I, yeah. I really fought hard against that. Yeah. We, should, well, we, we should do that, the, the Tory losing it. We will do that at some point. But, but I, 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 I think, you know, we knew that the Joe, the Joe and Donna thing, I, I just think we knew we, were, we had to go back to David and Donna, so there was no point in prolonging it after that. And we just tried to give it, you know, an authentic, you know, reason to get him out there and make it bittersweet and heart-tucking, and it really is, because uh, you did a great job, Cameron. You really great helped job. us in a difficult season. And uh, I'm just seeing what, what some of this work, again, you know, I just really feel proud of everybody. And, the, you know, again, we talked on Wednesday about the music there. So... I think next week I'm going to have my brother come in because he did a lot of scoring for season seven. He was composing. Oh, so much is going on there where we're not manipulating the, in the best way. We're manipulating the audience to have certain emotions that this is really important to these two people. That's what the music is saying. And it's a tender scene. And, and it's great. I mean, yeah, so we feel yeah. good. We, we listen Just to like that was style. I wanted to say that it's, it's very hard to construct a long arc. And then within the long arc to come up with the little stories to sell that long arc. So our job is to make this whole television show. At the same time, we're relying on the actors and the deals. And sometimes you're writing to the deal. So you find out that you only have an actor for X amount of episodes. You have to construct something that can live or die in six episodes. Sometimes you make you decide you you are told. We're gonna allow. We're gonna keep this character for a season. He's proven himself. You know what I called. Can you stay? But we knew this was limited. Now, there are certain situations where you have to change midstream, and that was the Jamie situation, or the Shannon situation, or the or or you know, God forbid, worse. You know, when and uh, when some what actor dies. What about that Dalton James? Also, remember that one was another one where we had to change uh, in season seven. The uh, Kevin Spacey boyfriend. I want you're gonna that. Let's not do it. I want to do that another time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember this. This is. Yeah. You get. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah. So it's it is a it's a juggling act, and and when you combine the um, there there are when I worked in daytime drama. We were the writers were never ever allowed to talk to the actors, ever. We were not. We could go to the set, like we could walk through, but not if the actors, were there. because they the actors were notorious for trying to get the writers to give them more. Write me a story. Write me a really really good story. I was talking the same way. I was talking the same Basically, they were paid by the word. You know, it's like we're there. I'm not serious, but they were, their deals were <laughs> their deals were you're guaranteed two episodes a week. So if you're, you're either going to be paid for the two episodes, if you do five, you get paid more money. It was all like, you know, imagine money and actors ego. It's there. It's your livelihood as well as your career. So when, um, but in this case, doesn't work like that in prime time and in and in prime time and with something like this that's so much that's involved so much the producers did get to know the cast and we did call but mostly we were in our rooms you know the directors are on the set we have paul wagner was the line producer who basically took care of the actor and there were times when we would go but that wasn't our daily life i had to stop myself from going because every time i'd go to the set I'd see some mistake. I it was like, oh no, I didn't mean it like that. I wanted him to be over there and her to be over there. And I had to stop myself and learn that when I was younger, I had to learn that no mistake is so big 
that the director won't fix it or literally it'll be fixed in post. And it's a very rare thing where you have to fix something. But in terms of my of relationships with the actors, I would love to be able to say that we uh, took into account the happiness or lack thereof of our of the actors, but we really didn't. No, no, no. It's, it's the old, you know, the good rehearsal, bad show. Sure. <laughs> Cameron, a question that we get asked a bunch here is like, where do you think Joe Bradley? We we just saw him leave and uh, break up there with Donna. Where do you think Joe Bradley went, and where do you think he is today? And I'm going to ask you that, Larry, too. After after Cameron asks uh, answers. Um, well, I believe he went back to Pennsylvania, and uh, I think the football career was over. But I think that he probably would have continued with his studies. I think that he probably would have gone into something like education and maybe taught like high school football and then maybe or, you know, maybe ended up becoming a, a professor. You know, having a family um, would have been very important to him. Um, so that, that was kind of my thoughts for him. I mean, like like me as uh, a father, I have just loved being a father and I loved coaching and I love being part of the kids' lives. My wife and I have been together now for, uh, we're celebrating our 21st anniversary uh, this month. Nice so um, I'd like to, th like to think that he was able to go back East and find something other than football. And I think that education is something that he would have been passionate about and also staying connected with kids and giving back and that kind of I think so too. Larry, do you agree? Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I think we had him go to Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, as I nice. remember. He was going to be a high school coach. Yeah. On the thesis of the show, he would have become a very successful high school coach. We'd have to deal with whether he's going to go to go to a college and ultimately maybe even coaching in the pros. Because right? he, he was a driven guy. Obviously, we see him going up and down those stairs. So he's got to be reaching for the top. Yep. Um, I'd want to say you do get a lot of really great through the series, great scenes with Jason. And you mentioned that he was your friend, but there's some really great stuff. Uh, even when he, when he comes to talk to you about what's going on with your heart and all that stuff, what was it like working with Jason? Well, people should know that, um, you know, we're, we're still friends. Uh, he's more than just a friend. I mean, he's somebody who I really admire. Um, I'm, uh, I think two or three years older than Jason, um, but like I said, he was my first friend that really like, you know, broke out of Vancouver and, and, and was on a hit show and, um, was directing as well and really had, had his life together. He was living in Montecito, I believe with Christina Lise at the time and, you know, just doing it all. And, and Jason has always done it all so gracefully. He has never uh, been the type of guy who sees himself as the most important person in the room. He's a great collaborator. He doesn't want you to treat him differently. Um, like, uh, I mean, I, I, I remember, uh, you know, we played hockey together, uh, sports together. We'd go out together for dinners together. Like, we truly enjoyed him. And I don't – I think he knows that I admire him. Um, but it wasn't, you know, it, um, 
And and his character obviously was the quarterback of the show, and Brandon did sort of hold that kind of moral compass, uh, ethical compass. And um, so I thought those scenes, uh, when I watch them back, it makes it makes me feel good. It makes my heart feel good because uh, it was a joy to work with them. Yeah. I have a hockey question. I have a hockey question. A hockey sure. question. So you've got Michael J. Fox and the celebrity team. You've got yourself and Jason. So like, who's the best player? Like, who's the better hockey player on that? I'm just reaching back. I don't know if you can see this in the camera. It's my 90210 hockey puck. Oh, there we go. I assume Jason was a winger. And Were you a defenseman? Uh, no, I played forward. I played forward as well. Um, so, uh, I'm going to say that they're both great hockey players. Great hockey players. Well, I know Michael J. Fox is a very good hockey player. I, I never saw Jason yes. play in a competitive game. Were yeah. you better than Jason as a hockey player? Would you, uh, be, no. would you be picked first in a shinny game and when you throw your sticks in, would you be picked up first from Jason? Uh, I think uh, Jason's a nicer person to be picked first. Okay. <laughs> I can't get anything out of my hockey. Let's, uh, let's give Melanie's. We're Canadian. We don't play politics. It's not, yeah. Go ahead, Melanie. What else you got? You got any more, Melanie? I'm sure you got a bunch more there. Nestor was curious. Uh, which girl would you have liked your character to have hooked up with on the show, if not Donna? Good question. It is a good question, and it's an impossible question to answer because without a word of a lie, Right, they were all phenomenal women. Like, uh, you know, I was the luckiest guy to be on that set. Like, it was, I really and and like I said, we hung out as friends. Luckily, on that show, I, you know, rule number one is don't date your co-stars. Um, that doesn't always happen, and it wasn't always the case. But on that show, uh, it was the case, and. Uh, you know, they're all fantastic. I admire all of their work. I like them all as human beings. So it could have been any of them. Mm -hmm. What else you got, Melanie? Melanie froze. There you go. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Hello? Am I there? No. You're back. Yeah. There there you you go. Go. yeah. Nope. No. <laughs> you were back for a okay, second. Okay, sorry. Uh, it's okay. Go ahead. You're no, we're good. You're good. Okay, you're good. Uh, Laura would like to know um, if Cameron t uh, keeps in touch with any of the other cast members. I know you said that you and Jason are friends, but do you keep in touch with any of the other cast members? No, you know I, that's it's it's not one of my strongest traits. You know, I uh, I I'm probably am more introverted than I am extroverted. Um, I don't really do a lot of social media kind of stuff. I do keep in touch with Jason. Um, I've crossed paths with um, uh, well, J Jason's wedding, which I don't know how long he's been married. It's been a long time ago now, but a lot of us were at his wedding, so I got a chance to reunite with uh, quite a few of the cast then. I'm trying to think of if I've crossed paths with them since then. I uh, don't believe that I have. No. All right. You know, no, an actor is, is one of very gypsy-like. We're moving from show to show to show, and you become – you have to become quite intimate with all of the people that you work with. So it, it is a tough thing to kind of stay in touch. But, you know, of course, um, I, I'm always fond of trying to see what they're doing work-wise. And, and, yeah with their lives yeah you got one more money for him 
I do. Um, let's see. Boy, we've got a few. Uh, Val Marin would like to know, if you were Joe, would you have stood up for your girlfriend like you did for Donna with the incident? 100%. Yeah. Cool. Um, I, I could tell. <laughs> <laughs> this. Listen, I want, Cameron, I want to thank you so much for coming on uh, with us today. It's uh, awesome to have you here. Uh, always uh, all about gratitude these days. These guys know that. I want to tell you, before I came on here, uh, my wife's probably a bigger fan of the 90210 show. Not this one, but the actual Beverly Hills 90210, though she likes this show, too, to be clear, uh, than I am. And when I told her that Cameron was coming on, she said, he's such a nice guy. I love him. Um, so I think though that comes from the work that you did. I and when we looked at the comments and whatnot, you did such an incredible job on Beverly Hills 90210 that we all look at you the same way. This wonderful, caring, incredible human being. So um, I think it speaks to your honesty, integrity as an actor. And uh, I just think the world of you. My wife does too. She's in the other room probably watching this. Uh, but thank you, man. Thank you for the work you did on 90210. We're all huge fans. And thank you for spending some time here with us today. Maybe well, before thank, you, thank you to your wife as well. Those are very, very kind words. Sorry like if I can put this in here. Um, uh, again, talking of Jessica and Steve and Larry and Paul and what great bosses they were, um, I was, you know, um, had such a great run on that show. And uh, they allowed me to, they told me in advance, I remember Paul saying that, you know, unfortunately, we're going to get Tori back together with, uh, with Brian's character, David, um, and uh so I was auditioning for other stuff. So I ended up getting another TV series called The Cape and they threw me an amazing going away party. And on that day, they gave me this jacket, this Letterman jacket. Oh man, a Condor jacket. Darren Martin's gonna want that. Darren Martin's gonna want that. Jacket and, um, and cherish, uh, cherish these, these, the experience that I had in 90210 so much. So, um, I, I'm excited that the fans are still interested in it. It was just so great to work with you, Jessica and Larry, and appreciated uh, all that you did for me and my career. And Pete, you're talking about me being a nice guy. I actually pretty much only play jerks now. So <laughs> that's great. Well, I if I were gonna if I were able to, I'd bring you back as a guy who was coaching a Big Ten football, you know, college, and you'd be playing the Rose Bowl, and you'd be back. Or you'd be running for Congress because you just are, are just a terrific guy. And I wish you only the best. Thank you so much, Jessica. You. Get to it. Jessica, hang on. <laughs> I was going to say, did you just write a scene for the reboot? For the reboot reboot? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Joe Bradley is doing They don't work. really call me. But you know what? If, if we had been there, you know, if we were not there after season seven, it's quite conceivable we would not have forgotten you. Yeah, and, we, and there would have been certainly another uh, dosy dough back in there because we didn't forget yeah. anything. Anything that worked, we used again and again. <laughs> and for everybody who tuned in live, we switched our campaign from Kathleen Robertson to Tiffany Emerson. So go on to all of her social media and tell her you want her on the Beverly Hills 90210 show. All right, guys, this was really great. Thanks so much. Happy Labor Day. Thanks. We'll see you guys. Happy Labor Day, everybody. Stay safe. and so great to see you all. All right. All right. Great to see you. Take care.